What's crackalackin' everybody? Money smart guy Matt Zapala here. Healing to you from uh, Dallas, Texas. Another episode of the Seven Figure Squad podcast. Here, episode four, five in studio with me today is my trainer, my co-host here, Milton Alvarez. What's going on, Killer? Amazing, amazing Wednesday, brother. So we also have a very special guest in studio today, all the way from Minnesota. Minnesota. Would you, yeah. Yeah, would you uh, care to introduce her? Yeah. So we have. Jill Christine in the house. And for a lot of the ladies watching, and I'm sure there's a lot of ladies watching today because she's on here. Uh, she's been in the fitness industry uh, for seven years now. Look and she's that. been leading the way for a lot of women, making an impact amongst a lot of women and helping women change their mindsets when it comes down to their health and helping them create enjoyable and sustainable lifestyles. And, you know, you've made an impact this far in, in the last seven years that you've been online and you've been, you know, in the movement of helping women become better versions of themselves. But from the looks of it, there's still a lot more to go for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's always um, an ever evolving journey and you're always a student of life. If you're not learning, then there is gonna be no growth in the future. And it's just crazy to me that um, what started out with as just being 19 years old and losing 50 pounds and discovering what? this all myself. Yeah, pounds. yeah. I lost 50 pounds when I was 19 and Holy I had moly. no idea what I was doing. There was no internet It's like I really. could imagine you had 200 some pounds. Yeah, no, I, well, and I don't even know my highest weight because yeah. I gained right. even more weight after, before. Yeah. And it wasn't even a college, like freshman 15 thing. I just, <laughs> I always was like a little bit on the heavier side growing up. And yeah. so that was my whole childhood. And then um, I just, my dad had done a bodybuilding competition when I was younger and um, my parents were athletes. So I went to the gym with them and I was like, wanted a lifestyle change. Wow. Lost 50 pounds and was kind of a cardio bunny for a bit, yeah. but I dabbled into the weight room and um, just continued to sustain it over time. There's been lots of ups and downs and yeah. now I can't even believe it's a career now. It's, yeah. it's a dream, but I'm so it. passionate about it. Very cool. So Jill's gonna be with us here throughout the whole duration of the podcast. We're gonna be talking about getting girls. No, Tim. <laughs> The right ones. The right ones. The right ones. The ones that are needed in your life. We're going to be talking about the new movement to making 350000 You won't believe what this movement is about guys making $350,000 a year. Um, this uh, Gen Z is talking about work until we die. Do we got to work until we die? Uh, stress and gut health. We're going to be talking about stress and gut health, gut health yes. here with Jill. And uh, this whole work from home movement is backfiring. Uh, 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 the, the CEO of Citadel is talking about the benefits or the lack of benefits of those working from home. And also, we're going to give you an update on the upending of realtors due to class action laws that we brought up a couple weeks ago. And uh, um, I, I want to bring up this first video here about this Gen Z, this young lady here. Look, Jill, I love your opinion on it mm -hmm. because she's talking about what? We got to do all this. We got to work until we die. Everything we got to do, we got to work. Can't we just have a good life? Jordan, let's uh, take a look at this clip work until we have to die just for the privilege of being alive anybody you know by the way huh? like we never asked to be born but now we're obligated to do labor until we die huh we have to work somewhere just to afford a house that we're never at because we're working to afford the house huh? is the meaning of life to work and pay taxes and then die on huh? top of that we also have to work to afford our vehicle to get to work in other places and afford gas just to get to work and we also have to pay taxes for our roads to drive on to get to work. With the privilege of food, which we should just be able to have, pretty much just work and die. Let's not forget about life insurance just in case we almost die. <laughs> and then we have to work for our children <laughs> to go to school to learn how to work. So our children know how to work for their children so that their children can go to school and go to work. Hey. Somebody tell me that this is fair. Well... Let's tell her right. Like, is it lazy to just want to enjoy life? Yes. <laughs> like, why do we, why do we have to work? Why? Oh my there it gosh. is. There it is. Well, that's welcome to your Gen Z. Uh, right. It's enough for the usually most. Uh, older generations always cap on the uh, mm -hmm. the younger generations, but they're just doing it all on their own. Right. You know. So uh, let's give her a, um, a rude awakening to life. Number one, life ain't fair. No. Right. You you, you got to no. work, right, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. there's always going to be ebbs and flows of life. And it's not about having the perfect circumstances. It's mm -hmm. about adjusting your sails to the wind. Yep. And um, if you can't accept that, I mean, probably not going to go too That's far right. in life. <laughs> and second thing is life ain't going to give you what you deserve. Life, always, life will only give you what you are willing to fight and work and earn. And the third thing I have here on this 
reaction is everyone must work. It says right here in first, I'm sorry, Second Thessalonians three uh, one. Even when we are with you, we gave you this rule: the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Proverbs ten four. Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Watch out, big dog. How can we just can't go to the gym, eat, improve our gut health, look good, and just have life that way? I think, I think just from the, from, the, from the beginning of time, there's always been a responsibility on, on mankind. And I think when you have a stronger hold on, on the idea and the knowledge that we have a responsibility to, yeah, we were, we were put into this world for a specific reason. No one here was born out of just, you know, inconvenience or mm-hmm. I think every single person that was born, whether the parents say it was a mistake or not, I, I think every single person here was born for a specific purpose, right? On a grander scale. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you take your first breath and you're here, you have a reason to exist. And I think, because we live in this physical world and we're involved in the economy that we're involved in and society that we're involved in, I think we all have a role to play to make this a, a better living place mm-hmm. for us ourselves. And I think for a man, we take pride in being able to uh, leave behind a legacy with our last name on it and make sure and knowing that we left children behind that are going to lead, uh, they're going to lead future generations, knowing that whatever we instilled in them, the seeds that we instilled in them is what is leading their lives. And I think that's something that we take a massive amount of pride in, man. I think uh, this is an issue too. It's not necessarily her fault. Let me take it off her. Let's go back to the parents. So two things can happen also. You can either be rich when you're raised or you can be poor when you're raised. I gather that she was poor, but the thing is she was shielded. So she may have been shielded from the realities of life, right? Yeah. You gotta go to work. And by the time you get your own job, you wanna get your own apartment, you realize, damn, toothpaste. Remember uh, getting your own toothpaste for the very first time? Oh my god! Told to pay for the very first I time? I always had to work for things at the, yeah. from the age of 16 on. You were working, what was your first job? Uh, 15. 15? 15, before you're even legally allowed to have a job. I yeah. worked at a flower shop with my mom. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Remember your first job? Joel, uh, legal job or illegal job? Meaning that I couldn't work. I, on, the, on the books, bro. On the books. Nothing on the table. 13, 13 years old, the typical Hispanic uh, job, landscaping. And then at 15 years old, I got work for me and started working at Jewel Osco, no which kidding. here it's Albertsons. No, I did. Yes, I, I was Albertsons. Albertsons. Yeah, Jewel, right? Yeah. I was collecting uh, newspapers and aluminum cans. I bring them to the junkyard. Yeah, and get you, can get, yeah. you can collect some money yeah. off that. And especially, you know, like when you're younger, a yeah. little bit of money is actually a lot. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So everybody's got to learn. I mean, this is a, this lot forget, you, this is a generation you got to work. And by the way, just because you are raising money doesn't mean, uh, you know, things are going great either. Uh, one of the Johnsons, there's a movie out there on Netflix called The 1%. If you ever want to check it out. Mm, 1%. Yeah, uh, it was one of the Johnsons that the Johnson & Johnson family made because he needed something to do. And what he was doing in whole whole Netflix series, he was just capping on rich people. He's like, listen, it's so ridiculous to be rich, so ridiculous to be rich, blah, blah, blah. Why do we wear white when we play croquet? And the family's like, well, is there any other color we wear when we play croquet? He's like, excuse yeah. me, like, we didn't know, right? Yeah. You know, the croquet, the hammer and, and mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. through the little. And so the, the thing is, he had a quote that said, the one of the worst things to ever have in life is inherited wealth because it never makes you want to work for anything. Yeah. So if you had a choice, I'm gonna ask, ask the viewers, if you had the choice to be raised with money or to be raised without money, which would you prefer? I don't know, man. Without. I think anyone who has actually like achieved something and worked for it though, like that feeling that you get of knowing Uh you worked for it, the accomplishment, the meaningness or meaningfulness behind it. I don't know. That's like, that's what it's about. Yeah, you know the value behind earning mm-hmm. something. Yeah, I, you know. yeah. I, I don't care how many seminars you go to, how many books you read, how many uh, workshops you attend, how many mentors you pay thousands of dollars just to teach you certain things that you just you just can't learn from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You learn from your own experience. You learn yeah. from having to go through the trial. You learn from you know being hungry at a young age, mm-hmm. experiencing homelessness, not being not not being able to pay the bill, seeing both of your parents struggle financially. You learn a lot from that, and yep. it forces you to grow up faster. Versus someone who was completely you know sheltered, entitled, and who grew up in wealth. Yeah. And again, like you see some of those people, you, you see the people who, and it may, maybe this is a, a wrong stat, but you see people who were born with nothing and then grew into something, they have a different level of gratefulness towards life versus mm-hmm. someone who was born into everything. Yeah. And there's, and even though they still have everything, they lack massive amount of direction in life. Yeah. And they're just going through the motions. That's what gives you purpose, right? For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do let's unpack this a little bit. Let's really take a little bit more macro sense. Let's look at our country. Let's look at because uh, there's a new book I'm reading. It's called Raising Trump, written by uh, Trump's ex-wife because mm-hmm. she had to raise Eric and Ivanka and and uh, and uh, uh, Trump Jr. So, which kids would you rather have, the Trump kids 
Or the biting kids. (laughs) (laughs) The deep breath. (laughs) Because who is really more productive? Is it the biting kids are more productive? Or the Trump kids? Remove the fact that their dad is Donald Trump. What does Ivanka have? She's got major businesses going on. Eric Johnson, he's managing the, the family business. Donald Trump, he's doing the best he can. The Apprentice, all these different things that they're doing. What's Biden doing? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know I the, 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 the world, world's most famous it. crack addict that gets away with everything. Yeah. And so, and, and he's and he's bilking uh, American taxpayers with money stealing from other different countries he's because of using his father's political position. So when you're looking at children, I, by the way, this book I'm reading is Raising Trump. What type of kids do we want, we want to raise? Because if we don't teach our kids, as a matter of fact, one of the segments of the book, she says, my husband and I, we flew first class. But the kids, they flew coach. You got to earn this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because you're first class, uh, um, uh, income parents, you're still, being, you're still riding coach. Which leads me to my next point. If you don't get serious with money, if you don't start planning ahead, if you don't understand the pain, the grind, being able to earn it, uh, this is a reality too, because people today are living longer, and sadly because of the ups and downs of the economy, and inflation, and healthcare costs, a lot of people are unretiring. Let's take a look at this one about this new Walmart greeter. If I had planned harder when I was younger, and if things had went better, I wouldn't be going to work this morning, I'd be going fishing or I'd be going hunting. I mean, that's in my mind a lot, and I blame myself for it. We'll just go ahead and punch right in. Tom Coomer is still working. He's 80 years old, a part-time greeter, five days a week at Walmart. How long have you worked there? Five days a week, not even part-time. Nine years. Nine years. Since he was 71. (laughs) Coomer is a kidder, but why he's still working is no joke. When you got this job, you needed this job. Yeah, you betcha I did. When you lose your retirement at a big place like McDonnell Douglas, you need a job. In 1994, McDonnell Douglas closed its plant in nearby Tulsa. Coomer, a machinist, had worked there 29 years. And all of a sudden, a loudspeaker come on, and it said, attention, McDonnell Douglas will close in 60 days. And I mean, we stopped and looked at each other and thought, what in the world? To me, that was just like you'd walked up and slapped me in the face. Because all your plans... All my dreams was just then going out the door. He was 56 years old and one year shy of a full pension. Wow. Financially, the Coomers have never recovered. Over the years, they burned through retirement savings, downsized their house and lifestyle, but still have a mortgage they can never pay off. Imagine and that. That's a lot more common than I think people crazy, realize too. Right? A lot of people are going through stuff like that. One of one of the viral videos we have on on our on our podcast is a guy. He figures out that he's got no pension after thirty years. Got no pension. It was a yellow truck, yellow trucking yeah. company because mm-hmm. they went out of business. After nine, and he's years. lighting everybody up. Don't mess with it. It's my money. You know, don't tell me to be calmed down. Right. So he was he was lit. Same thing happened to this guy nine years ago, but we didn't hear about it. Mm-hmm. So so. On this podcast, we advocate a lot about entrepreneurship. We advocate a lot about, about taking personal control. Jill, what's, what's your opinion on taking financial control of your financial position, being able to earn your own income, creating your own brand, mm-hmm. doing your own hustle? Well, I mean, essentially, you can't rely on... The circumstances in life are always changing. The You don't have control over what where the economy is going to go. Mm-hmm. So being able to... Um, figure out, you know, a route that you can feel safe and you can provide for yourself is so important. Um, I was always raised to work hard. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. at 16, if I wanted to drive, Mm -hmm. I had to get a job so that I could pay for gas. And um, being able to be independent like that too is going to continue to give you more freedom in the future. Um, But at the end of the day, you can't control what the economy is. The only thing you can control is how you go out there and work for it. So um, it's important. I mean, it's important to be able to be financially stable when things are, you know, rocky with the economy. It's not easy though. It's, I think you just have to keep showing up and continue to take responsibility, take accountability. I mean, think about how many people are buying Starbucks Every seven day, bucks. you know, <laughs> every bucks, day, every yeah. other week, but yeah. then they're really stressed yeah. about all these bills and stuff. But like sometimes it really takes uh, taking a step back and yeah. like 
checking your actual financial spending too. I think a lot of people maybe spend more than they realize on things that they don't need. So easy, right? So easy. Like like, like, like I tell people on their cell phones, how many apps on your cell phone is there to get your money? Oh, and then you don't, are just reoccurring and you you don't even know. Right. And so then I flip it. How many apps on your phone are bringing you money? Exactly. Right. So this this, this is disproportionate. (laughs) Mm -hmm. What's, What's your, what's your two cents on this, Milton? Well, that, that touches home. Is one, one, one of the takeaways take that I got from this video is one, one decision that you make in your life can drastically change the outcome of your life. And mm-hmm. that's pretty straightforward, straight, straight, uh, pretty obvious. My parents uh, lost their home in foreclosure in 2013. Both of my parents in their, uh, in their countries, my dad being Ecuadorian and my mom being Mexican, they were do- both doing pretty well for themselves. And mm-hmm. they made that one decision to come to the United States to look for a better opportunity. But unfortunately, because and I say this very respectfully towards my parents, but there was some form of lack of ownership and also lack of direction because no one, there was no one there to really help them figure out what the next is. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, on a financial level, there wasn't a lot of wisdom from one or the other end, you know, it put us in a position where now, you know, they're in their 50s, 60s, and they're facing foreclosure, having to move into their children's households. And, you know, me being a, 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 in my late tw- uh, late teens, having, fi- having to figure things out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that, that I was never instilled with was knowing how to save, knowing how to utilize my money correctly, not thinking long-term. I was very, in the moment, you're gonna die one day, think now, mm-hmm. work now, use yeah. the money that you're working for, for at this very, very moment. And just being at a job, right? Working nine to five, knowing that I'm gonna get a small percentage of an increase, that's not going to do anything for me, especially the yeah. economy nowadays. But I had no type of understanding of what fi- finances are. And that's something like, you know, cooking up with Matt, uh, learning on how to increase your income, mm-hmm. lo- knowing that to be able to invest on the lo- in the long term and knowing, you know, what r- right moves to make, you know, when, when you look at the bigger picture, not just on the micro level, but on the actual macro level. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you said, there's people right now in this world that are exa- going through, through the exact same thing. I walk into Walmart all the time and I still see that to this day. Yeah, the greeters. Know? Yeah. You know, uh, so here, here's what I take before we move on to the next topic. If you, for example, to contrast this between the Gen Z girls complaining about work till you die, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what this guy's doing? Literally. He's, he's literally working till his mm-hmm. death. So the sooner you get your financial literacy, you get your understanding about money, you get clear about that right away, uh, the sooner the better because you got to figure out what your outcome is. You know, Patrick wrote a book, Your Next Five Moves. Move number one is clarity. For example, you came all the way out here, thank you so much, from coming mm-hmm. out from, uh, from Minnesota. Yeah. Right? So you came out here to our studio in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And obviously you're going to ask us what city are you in and what's your daggone address so you know how to plan and how to get here, what time to get here. You, you mm-hmm. got here uh, uh, wait, late, uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. right? I appreciate you for coming yeah. yesterday because there's always delays. Late at night. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because you knew the address. Mm-hmm. You got clear what you needed to do and you look like a planner. Are you like an organized woman? I am a, yes, absolutely. Okay, you and my wife would get along. I'm not the planner. <laughs> I, I like control. I like control. But I'm learning to let go of that a little bit. No, it's okay. It's your, it's your power spot. We, we, it balances, it's right? right? We need like, the, we need to my organize. husband's that way too. Just yeah. go with the flow. And I'm like, yeah. no, we need a plan. <laughs> Correct. Yes. And so number one, you got to get clear about what your outcome is. And oftentimes, I mean, yesterday we had a workshop. I have a chiropractor. He's in my workshop. And I, what are you, what are you here for? Because I want to learn how to make more money. Well, you're a doctor. You're a chiro. He says, listen, dude, I got six digits in student loan debt and I make less than the average income in America, single, single, single uh, person in, in America. Think about that. And he's got this $200,000, $200,000 um, student loan debt. And so you gotta get very clear, wow. you gotta think long-term. And here's the thing with this guy, here's reality. He ran out of money at 71 years old. He ran out of money at 71 years old. And think about this too, Jill, do you ever think that you'd be 71 years old? Do you ever think you'd be 81 years old? You know, I'm just struggling with the fact that I'm gonna be 35 this year, <laughs> so. But think about it, because of the health of your, uh, your your focus on wellness mm-hmm. and health, mm-hmm. you're predisposed to live longer right. than had you not focused right. on it, right? And so many people today don't think that uh, I'll run out of money. Well, you're gonna run out of money. Uh, this guy is obviously living too long. And one thing that you saw at the beginning, he's taking pills, right? That healthcare costs and inflation of costs is has eaten away at his saying That's why he's burned through it. That's why he's working five days a week at Walmart. And so if you want to avoid this, you gotta save early, you gotta save often, you gotta get clear, you can't depend on one source of income. If you've got a job, have a side hustle. That's why this is called the Seven Figure Squad Podcast because the things that you wanna do, the things you want to enjoy, the place you wanna go, 
the lifestyle you, you want to experience, guess what? Most likely down the road, in a short near future, is going to take seven figures for you to do it. And making a million bucks is not going to be a big deal for a lot of people. People thought making 100000 was a big deal. Make sure you're making 100000 People making 250000 is going to be a big deal. Now you're making two fifty. So, um, which leads me to my next point. This guy says, listen, if you want to make money, consider this job. I'm making three hundred fifty k. I'm making some bones. Let's take let's take a look at this dirty job of what this guy is talking about. What do you do? I'm like, I'm a welder, and they're like, oh, like oh, okay, like I'm sorry. There's thousands of people all across the country that have got a very similar story as me. I dropped out of high school when I was 16 years old. My best year ever as an employee working by the hour, I made $352,000. You want to compare paychecks? Literally? Do you, do you want to? Like, we can go there. We got to change just the, the way people think about blue collar. And that's the whole thing with the blue collar revolution. Change the hearts and minds. The rest will follow. So this guy's leading a revolution called the blue collar revolution. You know, heavy equipment mechanics, six figures yeah. of income. Yeah, they you make know, good money. Right. A lot of blue collar jobs. Yeah, too. HVAC, welders. Yeah. yeah. You know those porta potties? Yeah. You know those porta potties? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was offered a job coming out the Marine Corps to clean some shitters. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very freaking, uh, yeah, I got to drive a truck all day. We called it the shit sucker. Mm-hmm. Right? That's all you can go in there. It's your job. You know, deal with everybody. Okay, but what did you have to wear? <laughs> I don't know. It was just a shitty job. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> but it's paying, it's paying six figures. Yeah, I know. Right? But somebody's got to do it, and people don't want to do it. And I think a lot of people don't even realize the amount of money that you can make in blue collar yeah. jobs. So, as much as we talk about, being your own boss and having your own business. Hey, you know, you can, you can weld, you can. If I didn't do what I do now, I would do something. What's a, what's a, what's a dirty job you would do? Would you be in like sanitation? Would you be in a, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the sewers? I don't know if I could do sewage, but, um, E. coli. Yeah. (laughs) I I could do like something in food, something with food. What's a dirty job of food? food. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. Who's that, who's the guy that hosts uh, dirty jobs? Micro. Yeah, micro. Micro. He hosts dirty jobs. You know, yeah, he, yeah. that's I've his whole movement, that. right? Mm-hmm. And this whole movement is is, is is dirty jobs. And so here's the thing, though: these jobs, welders, sanitation, uh, nasty things with food. And when when I was working mess duty uh, in the military, one of the nastiest places to smell is the back back of a cafeteria. Mm. Oh, you, my you know, God. just just all the food in it, it's rotting and all different smells. Okay, and maybe stuff. I changed. My <laughs> <laughs> but it pays six figures though. Yeah. Just wear a, I don't know, mm-hmm. wear a respirator. Yeah, exactly. Like that, right? and, put a little yeah. lavender on your mask. Put, yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and, and, and uh, protect yourself all the way down to uh, your wrists and, 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 and wear gloves. But but here's the thing. Uh, if you say, listen, I don't want to learn a business, but I want a regular job, we'll consider a dirty job. But here's the thing. It's only as good as your body can handle. If this guy can't weld anymore, if, if the guy mm-hmm. can't uh, deal with sanitation anymore, you catch something because you're dealing with other people's excrement and piss and all that stuff. It's only good as your body can handle. You might catch something. And mm-hmm. what we discovered last week is that even if you have a job, this guy's making three hundred fifty-two thousand dollars as an employee. If he doesn't, if he's not married, doesn't have kids, he doesn't have a house. Guess what? Majority of his income is gone to income taxes. So as an employee, remember the first thing they take out of your check is taxes, and the last thing you do is take taxes. And so, um, speaking of other things that can take money away from you, um, Jill, have you ever lent money to have family? Lent money, lent to, money family? to family. Not would to you family, lend, but you, to okay. friends. Okay, okay. Would you lend money to friends? Uh, to friends? Yes. Do you expect it to be paid back? You know, if I have the I ability your friends to are watching give, right now. <laughs> 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 Maybe I should be careful with my answer. Um, but I am very much so a giver. And I mean, obviously, okay. I'm not just going to give away money and yeah. to someone who's not doing something for the greater good with it and growth. Um, but yeah, if there's situations. Somebody's got a habit. Somebody's got an addiction. Somebody's got an uh, you're alcoholic. They're the drugs, and they're like, oh, "I'm scratch and chill. You're my friend. We've known each other." Yeah, you, no, that's a no. I'm I, having I a hard time. I'm, I'm going through. Boom, whatever. Well, I wouldn't want to contribute to something that is, you know, going to be negative yeah. in there. I'm all about being there for my friends and my family, and I want to make a positive impact on them to grow. And however I can best do that, if that means that I needed to step in financially to help to get them to grow. But you feel you have a responsibility to ask them, how are you going to spend this money? Is is that what you're saying? 
Like if I mean, I'm, if I'm there was concern, bucks, well, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. If someone came up to me and was like, Hey, can I borrow, you know, a thousand dollars? Like that's not just chunk okay. change. Like, yeah. what are you doing with that? Yeah. Of course gotcha. I would want to know. Oh, so but, there's levels to it. If it's a yeah. hundred bucks, would you even ask? Yeah, I think I, I mean, yeah, okay. I would. What about you? It's happened already multiple times. Because yeah. <laughs> you're big ball of shot calling now. And there's not one person that's paid me back in the last two years. But it's it's okay. I mean, at, by this time, if I give it to you, I know you're not going to give it back to me. Okay. <laughs> so it's we're there now. So everybody, on your rise, let's take a look at what Tyler Perry says about making money and blending it, giving it to family. Let's take a look at this clip. First year, I made money. I went from being dead broke. I was 28 years old. I made $130,000. I was like, oh my God, $130,000. Got to the end of the year, had nothing to pay my taxes because I'd given it all away. Wow. I had so much guilt that I'd given it to all family, all friends. Mm -hmm. Next year, I think I made a million and a half. Same thing happened again. Next year, I made seven million. Same thing happened again. Because I had so much guilt because I had, and I think this is something that we as black people carry because of what we've been through. Mm -hmm. And when you have, you think, oh my God, I need to bring everybody else up with me. That's a beautiful thought. But in the beginning, that's bullshit. Take that out of your mind. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. If you have a boat that can help you get to one from this place to that place so that you can get a bigger boat and you can only take two or three people, don't let everybody on that boat. Yeah, so here, here's my three here's my three rules of friends and family. Number one, I never lend. I just give. You ask me for a thousand bucks, I'll give you a hundred bucks. You ask me a thousand bucks, I might give you fifty bucks. You ask me a thousand bucks, I might give you two hundred bucks because that's what I'm afford to willing to lose. Mm-hmm. If you don't pay me back a hundred bucks, you don't pay me back two hundred bucks, I won't feel it. But if you don't pay me back a thousand bucks, I'll feel it even now. Mm-hmm. You know uh, because it's. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh, you you get it's, it's tough to, to it's tough to earn money. Uh, number two, if you really want to borrow from me, not propose to me a business plan. You want me to partner with you? What you got? Barbershop, nail salon, my daughter, Poppy. I want to be an esthetician, right? <laughs> I partner with you, no problem. I help you with school. I help you with expenses. Why? Because I'm partnering with you. My son wants to open up a barbershop. My son wants to do some uh, uh, training. He, he wants to work together with you. I said, listen, Milton's probably going to require you to have some. Uh, uh, fitness uh, designations. I want you to learn some things. I'll partner with you because if you work for, with him, let's get your what, the NASM, uh, the NASM uh, certification, what whatever doing. you want, right? Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get it done. And third one here, thing two as well. Once you start making money, make a family announcement. Hey, I'm be making money. I and here's shit. <laughs> <laughs> here's how we're going to go about with your expectations with me and mine. I can't tell you countless athletes. Upon athlete, upon athlete. Fat Joe, he went on record and said, listen, I had two private jets to take my entourage everywhere. And then I made an announcement. Hey, everybody, I can't pay you. I'm dead broke. And you can either stick with me until I get through this thing or you can take off. And guess what? Majority of the people took off. And the ones that stuck behind, guess what he gave? He gave them all Rolexes. Thank you for being my ride or die. And thank God that I made that announcement yeah. mm-hmm. to see who's going to be uh, sticking together with me. Wait, what's, uh, what's your final thoughts on that? Bro, I'm, 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 to this day, I'm still struggling. And to this day, I, I get messages and calls. Struggling with, with, with lending money to family. Uh, of course, yeah. of course, to this day, man, to this day. And it's, you know, being the older, the older person in the family when it comes down, you know, from the, the oldest male, aside from, you know, the, the most elderly one who's already retired, mm-hmm. there's an expectation of you having to lead the way. There's an expectation mm-hmm. of helping them get out of their debt. There's an expectation of being able to, house people and to pay off debts and to you know assist when asked because oh you're the one making money now you're the mm-hmm. one who's in the position that could really help us get out of this hole we're barely making it by so you know it's only expected that as a hispanic community you're supposed to help each other up yep. so that's still a struggle to this day and i'm still trying to figure it out honestly yep, yep. milton you got some topics on your end on the health and fitness side Yes, and they're, it's a hybrid of me and Joe. I was good. What you got to say on the health and fitness side of things? Because we're about faith, family, finance, fitness, and fun, baby. Let's go. And then Amen. football, football, football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota Vikings are doing pretty well. Hey, yeah. it's the comeback season, baby. Oh, never... Mad respect for Kirk Cousins. You know, he, I, did you watch the, um, the quarterback? Yeah. yeah. Love him. Love him. Yeah. yeah. Um, just his dedication to yeah. the sport, but also to his faith. He's a, he's a believer, yeah. Like, Big that time believer. is... Yeah, yeah, that's going to take him far. Even when he was at Washington. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he advocated against the uh, anti-human uh, you know, human trafficking. He wore those shoes. Mm-hmm. You know, the cause he's just a solid human. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Joe, I, I know um, for a while you were advocating uh, what stress does to the human body and how mm-hmm. it affects your gut health. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a video here of uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza speaking about you know what stress does to your yeah. body and what it does to your gut health. But there's also a video of a tra- an actual transformation video of you went from this to that, the moment you learn how to take care of your gut health, learn how to use food to your advantage, mm-hmm. and when you knew how to actually regulate your stress. And I think here in America, in the world actually, that's something that as adults, we just don't know how to really uh, navigate chill. around. And yeah, exactly, I guess <laughs> layman's terms, to chill. chill. <laughs> we, don't know how, we don't know how to chill. So uh, Jordan, if we, if we can pull up the Joe Dispenza video, the impact of stress on gut health. Have the best diet, you could eat gluten-free, vegan, ketogenic, intermittent fasting with the little macrobiotics on the side, organic, all of that. Take all your vitamins, take all your, all your supplements, all your herbs, drink your teas, do all of that. You could work out, you could run, you could do Pilates, you could do yoga, what doesn't matter. But if you haven't taken care of your responses, to everyone and everything in your life. Your cells, when you're living in fear and perfectionism and rigidity, the signal to the cell is there's a danger, there's a threat, and the cell is gonna take the signal and the cell is gonna make a protein from a gene. You could, you could actually wind up creating organic fear proteins. That's what you're making, Fear right? proteins? The, yeah. the body still isn't in a place to rest so a person can't sleep then they can't sleep they can't restore they they can't digest there's an emergency out there how can you digest if your body's perceiving that the next moment there's going to be danger so uh joe while you're gathering while you're gathering your thoughts if jordan we can pull up her transformation video Mm -hmm. uh, so we can you know really reinforce what she's going to say has worked for her three two is you joe Mm -hmm. one Look at that, man. You go, girl. <laughs> For knowing how to manage your stress, knowing how to take care of your gut health, and knowing how to put those two things together and create a lifestyle that has worked for you and obviously has worked for many women that you work with. Mm-hmm. Right? So, for the people watching, men or women, um, mm-hmm. what are some practical things? Or tell us a little bit of how you did it and maybe some practical ways that people can start walking towards that journey of bettering their health when it comes yeah. to stress and gut. Absolutely. Um, I think that people don't even realize how much they are chronically stressed. Uh, when my clients come to me and they're like, you know, I just, I'm not making progress. I, you know, or I'm hitting a plateau or whatever. Uh, the first thing I ask them is, how's your mental health? Like, mm. what, have, is there any stress? They're so like, gut oh, health I, and mental health. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. The brain is connected to the gut. Mm-hmm. I mean, all our systems are mm. connected, but um, chronic stress can absolutely uh, control the gut in ways and impact your gut and your digestion in many ways. Um, being uh, not getting enough sleep, recovery, too much exercise. You know, too much exercise? Yes. You know, back when I first started my fitness journey, it was like more is more, like no days off. That was all the um, what was being yeah. pushed in the fitness industry. And um, you actually will find that if you're not resting and recovering, your body is actually suffering more. And it's going to yeah. be difficult to, it'll start to impact your hormones, which, yeah. you know, even impacted hormones can impact your gut health. Yeah. Like a lot of this stuff is just all intertwined. So, how can you tell if you have good gut health or bad gut health? Um, well, I mean, essentially, are you pooping every day? Oh, okay, no shit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I always say, good poops, good mood. What happens? What happens? You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's not that's good. Not, that's good. That's yeah, good. No, not good. I mean, if you're like bloated or okay. inflamed, um, just bathroom schedules off. Yeah. Um, so when you, when like you take a dump, how, what should I mean? Should you just like naturally like? Bloop? It should be a log uh-huh. looking. A log looking. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Con that's a healthy poop. <laughs> I know people may think that that's TMI, but it's yeah. important. Honestly, like you should be. She just slide out. She just slide like out. That's like detoxification process. Okay. I mean, it doesn't. You don't want it to be like too loose, but yeah, just like a solid. Should Shouldn't be a bunch of pebbles. No. No. Okay. No. Double checking. No. Not like rabbits. So, no. So, what are a couple things? Maybe like one or two, one, two or three things people can do 
to start their journey on improving their gut health under stress, mm -hmm. whether it's supplements, daily mm -hmm. activities, a routine they can do in the morning. Right. I think um, something that drives stress for a lot of people too is sitting on their phones all day on social media. So having like boundaries with that before bed and um, even first thing in the morning, like yeah. how you start your morning is how you are going to do your day. Right. And so I think it's really important to, when you wake up, set those intentions. I like to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. um, getting sunshine in the morning is a phenomenal thing for Vitamin your body. Vitamin D, huh? Yeah. Vitamin D, yeah. uh, getting in nature, um, but just really focusing in and creating those pathways of a stress-free day to start will better help you impact the rest of your day. Um, prioritizing whole foods uh, is going to not only give you macronutrients and micronutrients, but it's going to help you How do you know something's better. a whole food? I'm at the grocery store, yeah. but how do you know something's a whole food? So it's just basically not processed. So that's going to oh, be like okay. fruit, oh, vegetables, we're talking about that the other day, about meat, food. eggs. Um, these are typically are on the food? outside unprocessed unprocessed how do you yeah. make sure an egg example because I, I i'm filipino um, i eat a lot of eggs pasteurized eggs are typically don't quote me on this but the okay. research that i have done um is pasture pasture raised um chickens like those yeah. eggs are going to have the most nutrients you can usually okay. see it in the yolk too they'll be like a darker color speaking about food and this is either going to be processed and unprocessed foods but i am a big I, I reinforced the uh, whole make food tasty again. Yes. And I was stalking your social media a little bit and I came across a video that made me want to know how you come up with your recipes and it made me want to know, is this actually healthy? So Jordan, if we can pull up the video of make food tasty jail. again. Cook us up something. Oh yeah, that's it, I love a bunch of snacks. I love it already. Yes, yes. Chocolate, yes, sugar, yes. <laughs> if I had it in my home, I would eat healthy every day. I'd be there every day, baby. Every Let's day, go man. Well, Come the best to part is they're protein best, packed, best too. Protein. See, yeah. bro, I told you, cookies are cookies. I mean, the Milano cookies are coming. Her in. cookies, not chips ahoy. Okay. Not chips ahoy, brother. <laughs> ahoy, it's mate. a big difference. Ahoy, mate. <laughs> so there's always been a misconception, right? That mm -hmm. food needs to be boring, chicken and broccoli, mm -hmm. chicken and green beans, and just Breast no chicken seasoning. chicken and asparagus. No seasoning, but... From what he's, I, I saw a pizza on there. I, I saw yeah. some really delicious food. I saw on cookies. Yeah. <laughs> sugar. He's a, he's a big sugar <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. So, like, how, how have you been inspired to come up with these recipes? And, like, and if there is a place that people can find them, where can we find these recipes mm -hmm. so we can start doing this? So, I have like all these recipes on my Instagram. So, definitely head over to that page. Cool. But honestly, when I started my journey, all I would think about is, you know, the food that I was eating and mm -hmm. the food that I was craving that like is ultra processed. And I was like, how can I recreate mm -hmm. a similar thing yeah. with healthier ingredients? So essentially sometimes it's just like simple swaps, yeah. but um, I've found sauces that can yeah. spice things up that have actually good ingredients. Um, I've done a lot of- Like what sauce, like spaghetti? Uh, no, there's, okay, there's this dip from, um, Target. It's a queso dip, and uh -huh. they also have a buffalo dip, and yeah. it's actually like all whole food ingredients. Yeah. But it's like you know when you go to a restaurant and you get like onion rings or a burger, mm -hmm. and they they serve it with this sauce, and you're like, yeah. what the heck is I'm that? I don't know, but yeah. it's bomb. Yeah. You know, um, got a bunch of sucralose in there. Much like, no, it does. Yeah. It, well, the one that I have. Doesn't. Gotcha. Okay. But, gotcha. Um, gotcha. No, just like finding, doing different research, and finding what works for what yeah. works to spice it up. It doesn't have to be boring. You don't have to eat rice, chicken, and broccoli. Like I have steak every day. <laughs> okay, so I, I, you, I'm a red uh, meat eater too as well. Mm -hmm. I eat a bunch of stuff. I don't eat a lot of vegetables, but I'm thinking about gut health. I'm thinking about fiber. I'm thinking about vegetables, mm -hmm. which I don't eat a lot of. Mm -hmm. So is there some simple foods that we can, some th things we can Actually, buy right away to start improving really gut health? Yeah. Gut health? Tell me. Fermented foods. Um, so like, like, what, uh, like sauerkraut cheese? and cottage cheese, ah. yeah, sourdough bread. Hot dogs and um, sauerkraut, bro. No? Let's do it. Sauerkraut, <laughs> I have literally, so throw a little pickle juice in your sauerkraut. Yeah. Pickle and juice. It actually, yeah, it makes it really good. It's got a pimp juice. Mm -hmm. uh, pickle juice, pickle juice. I got you. What are, what are, you, uh, uh, what are, you, what are your thoughts on kombucha? <laughs> kombucha. Smells you know, like a kombucha. Really, That's what yeah. it smells like. I haven't really looked into it. Or, kombucha? Um, drinking it myself i know it's very trendy yeah but um i like I, the one I with the chia seeds my sauerkraut every day mm. i do yeah. chia seeds chia seeds yeah T tell me real quick why 
chia seeds is a superfood. Um, it has a lot of different mineral minerals and um, the little things. The, the main little, little yeah. chia seeds. Wow. The main reason, honestly, that I currently um, incorporate chia seeds is it can kind of help with your bathroom schedule too. Gut health. Mm-hmm. Back to gut health. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. okay, if I'm making a shake, how much of a chia seed should I get? Because it's so small, mm-hmm. but I see those. You can expands. make it into a jelly. That's what I actually oh, do. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I microwave blueberries and then okay. I put a tablespoon in and you let it sit for a little bit and it turns into like your own homemade jelly without the added sugars. Okay, there's a tip right there. Throw it on some sourdough wow. toast. Jill, can I make a request? Mm-hmm. When you go home, your next post. Yeah. Is how to make chia jelly. And then, <laughs> and then we'll reshare it here I'll on the podcast. I'll do it tonight on my, okay. on my story and I'll Would take you? it. Would you? Perfect. Yeah, absolutely. We're shared. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm so, I have it every day. So. I'm so curious. Yeah. I'm so curious. I got you. I love this. We need to protect this woman. By the way, I, want, I would love to know your <laughs> opinion about this woman here. Okay. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, um, Jordan, let's take a clip. Uh, look at this clip about this woman that's talking about uh, what type of woman she projects to be in her life. So how would you care to me? If you were my husband. When I'm your husband. Every way possible. When? There wouldn't be a second I wouldn't cater to you. I'd be fast. You would be. <laughs> you could wake up at three in the morning and ask me to make you food and I will get out of bed and I will make you food. Really? There is nothing I wouldn't do. Really? Nah. Because you are my partner. Okay. And I am the woman. Right. I wouldn't ask you what to about clean. Other food? I wouldn't ask you to cook. You know what I mean? I wouldn't ask you for anything domesticated <laughs> because that is my part as a woman. Me personally, how I believe before anyone starts sending. Which would mean my part would be for you. To provide and protect. I love you it. provide, you look after the household, you make sure I'm I safe agree. always, you make sure the children are safe always, and I will make sure you don't have to worry about anything else. I don't know, man. That, that seems kind of orchestrated. I think I think that's a, such a popular thing to say for men to say, I'm going to provide for you, and for women to say, I'm going to cater to you. Mm-hmm. It just seems so freaking yeah. orchestrated yeah. to me. You, so you, you, call, you call him BS. You call him BS. What, what are you going to do when you're upset at him? Are you, Three o'clock in the morning, get up, make me a sandwich. Hey, she's <laughs> upset. Yeah. No. Is there's, there's, no, no there's no way. There's no way. I mean, you're a woman. Yeah. Right? You are a woman, right? You identify as a woman. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay so what would you do? Making sure. <laughs> Jill, tell me, what would make a woman do that? Regardless of good times or bad times, what would make a woman jump out of bed at 3 o'clock in the morning and make their husband a sandwich? I mean, honestly, I think it's, a, it's, gotta be it's beyond about whooped. teamwork, though. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like, I yeah. agree. When you look from a biblical standpoint, there is, like, more of, like, the wife being more submissive and mm-hmm. um, the... Husband being more protective and stuff, but honestly, I think f- having mutual respect for each other and each other's needs mm-hmm. um, is important. So, when someone else is taken care of, I know for me personally, when someone else is taken care of, yeah. I feel good too. Like yeah. that, when you're happy, like that helps contribute to my happiness too. But at the same time, um, it's a team. I think yeah. in relationships, it's very much a team and very much like you both have to show up for each other and communicate to each other your expectations yeah. too, yeah. right? Like yeah. what role you want to take and um, how you can share the loads together. So yeah, um, yeah. I think uh, it's I, definitely like an equal thing. I told, I told my wife, I said, you carried this boy for nine months, right? And you're breastfeeding and doing all this thing. If that boy cries in the middle of the night, I'm the one picking him up. Mm-hmm. You stay, you, you get as much sleep as you can. I'm picking him up. And uh, I tell you this, to, to this day, there's a bond between my son and I that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like he, he uh, there's a certain way he just expects for me to be there at the middle of the night. But he, the kid doesn't sleep throughout the night. He'll wake up at one o'clock, two o'clock, wake yeah. up at four o'clock and think everybody should be up too. But I, to, I told my wife, if you carried that baby in nine months, I got you on that. But I don't expect anything in return though. It takes a village to raise a kid. So yeah. she needs that support. <laughs> Absolutely. Good. So so I, I'm, just, I'm just, you know, when, when I see these type of videos and the concept sounds good, I'm just wondering, okay, the first argument, the first time you have a, a mm-hmm. conflict, uh, what's going to happen to that premise? Right, right. You know? it's, yeah, like he said, I think it sounds a little over the top, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and good. But at the same time, I think, I mean, you react in live yeah. time to situations. It's more about having good communication to okay. be able to work through different things and make sure that you're both feeling valued okay. in the relationship, no matter what role you have. Okay. I need to ask your opinion. The next clip I want to share is, is this type of man attractive? Would a, would a woman find this type of man, attractive. Uh, let's take a look at this clip here because this guy's rolling. I just sit there in the club, Maria, and I get so many girls because I just like pretend that I'm on my phone. 
And um, like they think I'm looking at my bank account, right? So I'm just sitting there like this and like just mind my own business and they flock. That's how much money you have? Well, you'd think that, right? But this is actually my student loan balance. I, 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 <laughs> 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 hey, is that what the guy said? Is where he's going, right? But uh, what a funny thing. He's, he's, he thought he was flexing his bank account. So, mm-hmm. But that's the reality with, with a lot of women today. I mean, just go back. I mean, let's say you're graduating college today. You know, the, the, the guy trying to provide and protect, mm-hmm. he's got $2 million of debt. Mm-hmm. Let's just say half of that, a million dollars of debt. Let's say half of that, $500,000 of debt. How is a man today supposed to express how he can provide and protect? And he's broke as a joke, and he's mm-hmm. got more in debt than he has net worth. I mean, I think right away it starts with taking accountability. Like, there's no, there's no shame in that, but if you don't do anything about it, I mean, that's where you get stuck and stagnant. Like, we all get in situations where, you know, we spent too much and we didn't realize it, mm-hmm. but then it's learning from it, and then how can we move forward? Mm-hmm. I mean, the best way to prove yourself to someone is through action. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, maybe that probably might be a deal breaker for a lot of people at first, you know, like, but also if that person can turn it around, I mean, there's countless examples of people turning around their finances um, and people who have started from nothing and turned it into something. So um, I think the biggest thing is going to be action. I'm personally not a um, money chaser, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, in the um, reverse, like if someone were to pull up their thing and be like, oh, I'm flashy, I got $2 million, that wouldn't make me necessarily okay. be drawn to it's them as a person yeah. or in a friendship or anything. Protect this woman. But Protect this woman. <laughs> that's protect just Jill. me. I mean. <laughs> protect that woman. Protect you. Yeah. Uh, you have a, you have a uh, thought on a uh, on relationship between what, uh, what a. Um, a man won't marry you without a purpose. Right? Yeah. A man. A lot of boys do. A lot, a lot of boys yeah. know how to waste people's times, which is why in many relationships with my, when my buddies are considering moving into a relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. one of the things that I first you know, challenge them on is like, have you asked all the right questions, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of questions you can ask. And there's a lot of conversation you need to have with that person up front within the first couple of weeks, within the first month, two months, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But just don't drag it out, wait for the sixth, seventh month for you to be like, you know what? This isn't working out. Mm-hmm. Or after a year or two years, don't waste a woman's time. Right. But it takes a man of you know, of direction and clarity on what it is that he wants to be able to do that. And sometimes it can be really, really hard. I mean, I'm, 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 you and Sheena did that yeah. one, of the, one of your first dates. We guys she, sat down and literally put everything on the table. Yeah, I put my stuff on the table. Yeah, I put it, I, I mean, Jill, I put all my, my dirty laundry mm-hmm. with, because we're in six months in our relationship yeah. and I think it was going somewhere. And I'm like, man, I hope she doesn't ju- you know, judge me for this, but she also needs to know yeah. because she's dealing with a guy right now that's currently broke. I know where I'm going. I wasn't always here, mm-hmm. but you know, you know the whole rags of riches. Well, I was from riches back to back to rags, you know, based on some misjudgments I had in in, in my life when I met my wife. But I know how to make it back, mm-hmm. you know. And but at the time, I was going through some major drama. But uh, you know, summarize for those that watch podcasts, they've heard this many times. But I don't know if you haven't. But I told babe, here's all my drama. Here's all my stuff. I'm going to family court. I'm in, you know custody yeah. battles. Here's how much I am in debt. I'm not where I'm at one, uh, from a revenue standpoint. Damn, I just hope you don't leave me right now, but this is my shit, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, and I'm thinking she she is. And she goes, was that it? I'm like, yeah, you don't think that's a lot? She goes, no, nah, we, we can work with this. Well, and now you guys have, yeah. because you were vulnerable and honest and open about that, you can work as a team together to go forward, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's hard to be vulnerable in relationships, but at the end of the day, if especially if you're getting married or you know to her mm-hmm. like you want someone who's going to be yeah. with you through all the trials and oftentimes yeah. your biggest trials can actually set you forward to your biggest triumphs in yep. the future so because you know um, what goes down in the back of a man's was going in my, in my head mm-hmm. how many other options does she have yeah, yeah. <laughs> because for example I was, I was talking to a guy in, in sports uh he's doing nil deals he goes, uh, the thing with, with NIL deals, you know, the, the name, image, and likeness for college players. Mm-hmm. They can make money now on, on, a, on a college platform. Yeah. And he goes, a lot of the male players will get, will get a lot of deals. But, but the thing is, more women are followed on social media than men. So the women in college, they're getting these NIL deals because they want them to promote, the, a dealership wants them to promote their car or right, whatever right. case may be. So they'll pay a woman a lot of money while they're in college more than it would a, a man playing, you know, playing quarterback. Right. So that's is different. It's a different 
teeter totter when mm-hmm. it comes to when it, when it comes to that. So, um, I want to get that. Uh, when you the video, video. Yeah. take the video. Pull it up, Jordan. See, a man will not marry somebody he's cool with. He's not going to marry somebody that he likes. Just because I like you don't mean I'm going to marry you. You will not impress him with your looks. Your looks will get him to look. But afterwards, he'll look the other way. Because as good as you think you look, there's another lady that looks just as good as you, if not better. Have you ever noticed that there are men who will marry a woman that looks less good because the true beauty in who she is is the fact that she challenges him to be a better person? You see, there's not one man in here who will marry a woman just because she looked good and just because she got a nice smile, just because, nah, that's not why he's marrying you. He's marrying you because one day he sat on a bed and he said, this woman makes me want to do something real. This this woman makes me want to have kids. This woman makes me want to have a business, have a job, get my money right get it together that's what relationship is all about you see relationship is not friendship friendship is just courting but relationship is partnership you guys being married what are your thoughts on that you guys being married well with first, my first marriage is all freaking just physical yeah. <laughs> i was 21 years old bro i was 21 years old i was 21 years old when i married her i was 22 years old when i divorced her <laughs> it's just it was just bad it's now but i committed myself to being a single dad 14 years later of course. By the way, to, in, in my mind, she's freaking hot as shit. That's my wife. I mean, yeah. that's, that's my that's my boo boo, right? That's like, she, I'm, do I see? When I, when I, it's funny. I go on Instagram and babe, let's let's. T- I'm, I'm gonna show you this person on Instagram. I should, I'll go to the what's that microphone? The uh, that uh, microscope? Yeah. Whatever that button is. And right away, there's like 18 butt cracks looking at me. Right? Like, what the hell is this? You know, like, what are you looking at? Like, babe, I'm sorry. That's the damn algorithm. Yeah. I'm a dude, and you know, Instagram thinks I'm gonna look at that stuff, but I'm just looking for this guy's profile. But that's that's the challenge today about being a single man. Yes, you're just so you know rocked with so many different images in your head. And if you're not clear on what you're looking for, you are so confused. You are so distracted. So you got to be very clear. And the woman that yeah, and then does do you lock on to her? Do you lock on to her? Not just on her looks, but the way she like what he just said. Does she have made me get on the phone with her to one to three o'clock in the morning, bro? I'm talking to her about the vision of I have for our family, the vision we have for our kids, the vision I have for, you know, for our faith, right? To the point where I had to recharge my phone while I'm talking to her at one o'clock in the morning. Mm. And then I'm like, okay, babe, it's three o'clock in the morning, I gotta go. You gotta go, you gotta work in the morning. I, so I right. just, okay, well you hang up. No, no, you hang up. No, no, you, you hang up. I don't wanna hang up, no, you hang up. <laughs> I tell you what, just put on speakerphone and let me just hear you breathe. So <laughs> 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 fall asleep, that's up. But that's that's what Sheena made me do. as a married man, because uh, obviously you know there's there are women out there that can genuinely come from a good intention to try to challenge their their partner. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times ego gets in the way, and because ego gets in the way, a lot of men take uh, insult to the woman trying to challenge him to make him better. Mm-hmm. What what would you say are a couple ways that you know from a married a married man's perspective that a woman can challenge a man and that message come across as an positive challenge and not as yeah. an insult slap in the face. The moment Sheena comes to me and said, baby, you need to, I don't need to do shit. Right away, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. That language to me, I got one boss and it's not you. Yeah. Uh, but once she does, she approach me. Hey babe, what do you think about, what do you think about? So suggesting. Yeah, yeah. and the tone. I actually recently started implementing that too. How would you feel about, rather than, perfect? can you do this? Oh, or will you yeah. do this? No. And it's actually been so, Excellent. it just comes off more warm and like yeah. we're doing a decision together yeah. rather than attacking to you Correct, because a man will take that as an I've attack. I've used that yeah. at home um, in my marriage High fives and from also the table. even in friendships too. Yeah and business relationships. Yeah. And it, I just, it's so much better received by people. Yeah, man to man, man, like you tell me in the gym, do this, do that. But that's not the way, I will never take that type of feedback from, from wife. my wife. Yeah, that's your intimate from partner, f- that's that's your safe or space. Or from my mom. Your mom. Or from my sister, Yeah, <laughs> right? That's just, I don't know, this way I'm wired. It's not, I don't think it's chauvinistic, it's just, just the way I'm wired, man. Like I'm supposed to, you know, I'm the leader and the way you're trying to tell me what to do, just like you challenge my integrity, I'm not working hard enough. I've, these different things come, in, come into the mix. Yeah. It can make you feel like what you're doing isn't good enough. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Ladies, take notes. Yeah. That's Thank why you. changing that language can, especially because us Thank as you, females yeah. or whoever uses that language, we are absolutely not meaning to make you feel devalued yeah. or like you aren't good enough. But because you're perceiving it that way, like it's just a, it's just two different styles of communication. And yeah. so if you can learn how to reword it so that yeah. you both are receiving yeah. the same, because you're both trying yeah. to do the same message. Vice versa too with men, 
we have to approach our wives too with grace and kindness and which is something I had to work on, you know, come out the military, you know, you know, just the way I am. But sometimes she's like this. I'm like, well, what, what do you, what do you, what's your babe? Just, just, oh, all right, well, damn, am I really that? Oh shit, what an asshole I am. So I take a step back. Why don't you take a quick walk? We'll come back. We'll recircle this. And I realized, you know, you and I, bro, we're like, you know, we're like a thermos mug, mm. right? You can throw us in a construction site and we'll still keep our coffee warm and we'll take some dents here on the side and we'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, a woman, not the same way. She's like a China tea set. It's like a, you need like a, a specific, well-revised, scientific formula created by Einstein to be able to get a message across a woman without- Good luck, bro. Good luck. I, I think that formula's still out there. <laughs> I still believe, and they, you know, this is my belief. I To this day, I still believe men think in straight lines and women think in circles. Of course. Oh, yeah. Completely. We're, we're over T- Tell me that formula, bro. You'll be the 18th wonder of the world, man. You, you, you have fear for your life because the government tried to. Not married yet, no kids, man. I still, got, I still have some, some time to figure it out. Oh, boy. No, speaking of a, a husband and a wife, you know, the whole movement about working from home, so therefore they can have more family time. But here's a downside to this. This is uh, Ken Griffin, uh, CEO of the richest man in Chicago who just left Chicago to relocate to Miami. Here's what uh, he said about working from home. It's been really hard to hire people. And as such, your large companies have been very reticent to let people go no matter what the circumstances are. So even if margins are contracting, even if you have gains from automation, people have been very reticent to let people go. Now we're starting to see for the first time the unwinding of that labor hoarding. What we don't know is how how much of that labor hoarding has taken place. And then what worries me in a in a hybrid work environment or work from home environment, the cultural or social contract that holds people together in a company is unquestionably weaker. I mean, we've all read about companies that have fired thousands of people on Zoom calls. There's no sense of that's Jane who's worked down the hall with me for years and I'm gonna go the extra distance to try to keep Jane employed here. It's like, here's the email to all, here's the video conference with a bunch of people, and goodbye. It's a very different moment in American employment history where I believe the bond between the company and the employee has become far weaker. And that worries me in terms of the willingness of corporate America to make cuts on their workforce that they just wouldn't have made at other similar points in the labor market cycle. All right, so here's the thing as we wrap up the show. Uh, We're looking at a recession in our country, very, very bad looking recession, which means that jobs are about to go. So if you think you're comfortable and safe with your secure job and you haven't created a side hustle, you haven't created a business, this might be the situation where if you depend on one income, he or she that controls your income, controls your life, controls the decisions you make in your life because they control your income. So if you're thinking that I can get away with this working from home, I have a work environment, I just work from the beach or work from whatever case, and you're working for somebody versus working for yourself, corporate America, this is a signal right now, this is a warning. Corporate America is telling you, if we don't see you out of sight, out of mind. That's why, uh, Jill, uh, long distance relationship, right? did they work, did they not work, in your opinion? Long uh, distance relationships. I think it depends on the individuals. I mean, my husband was in the military and he would- Was he, no kidding? Yeah. Nice, uh, Air Force, yep. Um, and I think the longest that we were apart were was like nine months or something at some he was point. He um, That was when he was in base or basic, yeah. basic and then tech school, school and yeah. stuff. And then he did, right after he got out of the fire academy, um, he had to go down for four months in, uh, to Texas. And that was like right after we bought our first house. And um, I mean- But you knew each other beforehand. Yes. Okay. Well, no. Yeah. Okay. So he joined the military after we were already like in a gotcha. relationship. And so, so we if I, young. if I, if I, uh, uh, if you just met somebody, you're in Minnesota and they're in Florida, mm-hmm. you never had a physical mm-hmm. uh, uh, meeting together. Yeah. It would be hard to have that long distance relationship if it's just a person on Instagram. Well, I think also these days, like people can fake who they are. They can on, be catfished. So it's like, yeah, you can yeah. be catfished. So. I don't know. I think relationships, there is no black and white. You know, what works for one couple mm-hmm. might not work for another. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone has different traumas and communication styles. And so each, every single couple is going to have different ebbs and flows. For me, I think that would be very difficult to like 
meets like be somewhere from that's sustainable. Yeah, to never yeah. be but yeah. i don't know it just i think it just totally depends on the relationship and the people and even though you're physically apart you have to have a mm -hmm. plan to be yeah i mean like together the yeah. plan would yeah. obviously not to be always apart, apart for life yeah, and yeah. that i don't think most people would want to do that no no but at all. um i definitely think it's up you know depends yeah. on the individual but i know from us like when he was gone with military and stuff like yep. you make it work yep absolutely That's right you make it work Last thing I want to report on here before you uh, wrap up the show, uh, we've been covering the uh, the class action lawsuit of the National Association of Realtors and three different brokerages of colluding to increase commissions. And for the very first time ever, many people believe that the way real estate agents and professionals are making money will change forever. So uh, Jordan, if we can take a look at my screen, uh, here's from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, here, a court, a court verdict last month stands to radically alter the way real estate agents are paid for work and can result in far lower pay for the 1.6 million men and women who sell homes as their main job or as a side hustle. Realtors are already facing the effects of rising interest rates, which have put chill, a chill on inventory, and have bring home sales to the lowest in years. Uh, 51, uh, Nicole, a 51-year-old acupuncturist, got her license in 2020 when the pandemic shut. High-touch biz like hers and home sales were taken off, but now, Nicole Collins says lower commissions from the homes she sells in Florida, which are priced between 100,000 and 350, wouldn't be worth her time, especially now the business at her acupuncture studio is back to pre-COVID levels. So if you're in real estate, if you're out there, um, this is, again, writing on the wall. Large part about wealth building is anticipation. Do I say real estate agents aren't gonna be uh, around forever? I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is you have to be expecting to be paid less than what you used to be paying for. Uh, uh, and sadly, I love seeing uh, real estate agents make commissions, but now it looks like the, the, the buyers, the buyer broker is not gonna be compensated as much from the seller. So therefore people are gonna be resulting to a lot more technology. Companies like Zillow and Redfin are gonna be more and more apparent in the real estate market. So if you're looking for a way to transition or add a different service to what you're doing, uh, that's why you stay posted into the Seven Fair Squad podcast. So therefore you can find a different way for you to include into your real estate practice if that's what you wanna stay in or completely laterally move altogether into another industry, which uh, allows you to still use the relationship you built in your community. So that being said, as we wrap up the show, Jill, Final thoughts here as we wrap up. You've just been a great guest here on the show on the podcast here. Episode four or five. Any final thoughts here for our, our viewers before we let you go? Um, thank you for having me. For sure. Uh, I guess I really just want to encourage everyone that no matter what season you are at in your life, um, just know that it won't be forever. And uh, through um, discipline and uh, continuing to show up each day, uh, you'll get to the other side and it'll be worth it. So just remember to um, take it one day at a time and stay present in the journey. By the way, I, uh, from your Instagram, you look like you got baptized recently. Yes, I did. Really? Changed my life. Praise the Lord. How, changed how come my your life. faith has changed your life? What was that? How come, what, what ways, what, if there's one way that your faith, being baptized has changed your life? I was in be? a very, very low place. Uh -huh. And sometimes you don't realize um, that Jesus is real until yeah. that's all you have. Yeah. Um, Amen. The day that I got baptized, it was like in this swamp, swamp-like, uh, it was gross. It was gross. Yeah. <laughs> but when I went under that water, it felt like the freshest, clearest, blue crystal clear water that I've ever had. And that was a God moment for me. I call those God moments where yeah. things were just like, that yeah. was God. Like, yeah. and it's can, there's been, th my life has just changed drastically and continues to. Right. And I'm just so blessed to be on this journey. Well, praise God. There it is. Let yes. the heavens rejoice. Amen. Daughter has returned. Milton, your final thoughts, brother. Three things. Stay informed, stay vig vigilant, and stay inspired, guys. Literally the only three things I have for you guys. Yeah. Right. Good show. Love that. Thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you. Me. Absolutely, guys. Remember, happiness is not about what you get. Happiness is about what you become. And a job is not what you're getting paid. It's about the experience that you are in, in terms of attaining and how you're developing and evolving as a human being. Because my saving grace was having a job before I started my business. Thank God for a job because I was able to learn on somebody else's dime, learn some experiences. For, for those of you in that position, embrace your job for what it can not pay you, but what it can teach you. So therefore it allows you to get to the next step of your life and you're gonna recru recruit the things that you need to be successful your decisions thereafter. So that being said, thanks for tuning in to the Seven Figure Squad Goals podcast. We're here next Wednesday, 12 o'clock 
Central Standard Time. And uh, uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe. Hit like, drop your comments below. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? Please put it in the comment section below. Jill, appreciate you joining us here all the way from Minnesota. Minnesota. Let's we'll see you at the gym later on today. I'll see you later. Okay. That being said, guys, appreciate you tuning in. For Dallas Tech, on behalf of Jill, Milton, I'm your money smart guy. Until we meet again, continue to live smart, continue to love smart. Everybody smart today. See you next week. Bye-bye.